I was one of those kids um, as a child where I would talk to uh, myself or I would talk to people who weren't there and there are stories within the family about uh, my, my experiences as a child. I don't remember any of those. Um, but the first real experience that I had that I, that I uh, really do uh, remember was back when I was a teenager. Um, it was right after puberty, so already the hormones were just kind of raging and whatnot. And I had discovered Star Trek Voyager, which was uh, just, yeah, it was back when it was first, uh, you know, first running um, on TV. And there was a character on Star Trek, uh, her name was Kess, and she had these telepathic abilities to communicate and sense things. She could move things with her mind. And I was just so fascinated by this character and what she could do. And there was always a little bit of felt connected or almost like a sense of familiarity with what she was able to do. And I always wondered, like, I wonder if we human beings, you know, because they, they didn't approach it from a perspective of religion or dogma. You know, I, I, coming back, coming from a Hispanic Catholic background and family, everything that has to do with psychic ability or the supernatural is evil or demonic or of the devil. Get away from that. Stop that. Right. So watching Cass on TV and it being a very normalized, like, oh, she's just a alien who has these abilities because it's part of her species. Um, I thought, well, that's just interesting. And welcome, everybody, to Haunting Live Podcast this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. We appreciate all you following us lately on our YouTube channel. We, we think that's great. So thank you so much for all your support. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button and also like our videos. Uh, this week, we do have a special guest joining us from the U.S. Uh, we welcome Monique Mosher, psychic medium, to the show Hi. today. What is up, my dudes? I'm so excited to be here with you guys and drop some psychic truth yes we're going to talk about a lot of different things today on the show we have monique joining us thank you so much for joining us here today and taking your time out i know you're quite busy so uh thank you very much for being here today oh you're so welcome trevor honestly um you know when you first asked me i always kind of just pause um and i i, I pause and i i always think you know is this an energetic agreement where, you know, cause I teach psychic work so different, you know, mm -hmm. I teach psychic work so different is the truth going to be a place where the truth is, is, is available to be planted. And now talking to you, our pre-conversation, it's like, yes, Trevor, yes, Trevor, let's drop the truth. <laughs> yeah. We have a lot of truth to talk about, and that's going to be one of the subjects here today. Um, we have a lot of subjects that you actually deal with a lot of interesting things, some scary things. Yes. Um, we're going to get to, I think, all of them today, hopefully, and uh, see how that goes. But first of all, let's talk about how you got into the field and what drew you to become a psychic medium. So uh, I actually have always been um, a psychic child or a highly intuitive child. So somebody that was very impressionable, very sensitive, highly sensitive. Back then, it, there wasn't a term for empath um, or even really psychic children so much. Um, 
And I was always a kid that had an inner knowing um, so much to the point that, you know, I wouldn't even be left alone in certain rooms. I wouldn't cross certain barriers. Um, My mom had always noticed that I had this very deep inner knowing and I was always very inward. Um, And my dad actually died when I was 15 and he committed suicide. Um, And that was actually the initiation um, into my ability to have the gifts that I have. And I say that because when my dad died, I actually had highly intuitive messages, extreme messages down to the date, um, the exact date of when my dad would pass um, through through spirit messages three weeks leading up to his death. Um, That was my initiation into the spirit world at a different level. Um, And it was from my dad's suicide, actually, that inspired my knowing of wanting to understand why he felt the need to leave. And I knew that it wasn't human. I knew that. I knew that there was not human influence here. Um, and when my dad passed, that was the initiation into understanding that. And, and I and I understood suicide from a very different perspective from that point. Moving forward, you know, 10, 15 years, um, about six years ago, I had another initiation. Um, I had a spiritual initiation where I was actually allowed to become possessed. Um, meaning there was actually another entity in my body. Um, you could see the physical split in my body. And there are actually people that have lived with me today, still here with me. I still talk to today and actually survived the incident with me. So I actually um, experienced what we call a possession. So I actually had a living spirit in my body as well. My body was physically divided in half. Um, my voice was coming in and out um, of different, a completely different accent, a completely different voice. Um, my signature had even started to change. And And it was very strange, Trevor, through the initiation, I learned spiritual warfare tactics to literally not become possessed, which sounds funny, but that was the initiation that sparked my entire psychic career of being a faith-based psychic, God-led psychic that is leading people back to their bodies because I was allowed to become possessed to seek the refuge of God through the darkness. Um, And it was in that moment I had to fight not only for my soul, but for who I was going to work with. And it was in that moment. And that was the initiation that made me realize so many psychics and mediums are actually working with the dark side and the dark energy and actually channeling energies and messages from false light that is appearing real. I was allowed to become possessed almost to the brink of full possession um, up until um, my dad actually came through um, in deceased form um, along with spirit. And it chokes me up massive prayer um, that time to save me. Um, but now I know why, because now I translate that knowledge, um, with the clients that I've helped with possession cases, um, energetic management and entity management, but I was allowed, I was allowed to feel what it felt like to be completely helpless so I could help other people. And it taught me everything I needed to know in that moment. Yeah, so true. So sometimes you have to go through and experience what you don't want to experience in order to be able to help other people understand what they're going through. So absolutely sort of like a lesson, life lesson that you had to go through. Mm -hmm. And it was, you know, it was something that really and it was from that, that place of understanding what suicide really was for my dad, and then understanding what possession actually is and how fast it can happen. Most people don't realize that full-blown possession from being fully functioning human to fully possessed by demonics can happen in 24 hours, human time, 24 hours, full-blown change, personality change, physical changes, the way that they write changes, everything changes can happen in under 24 hours. 
Um, and that's when I started to realize just from my own personal journey of just how fast this can happen and how many people are not talking about it. And that's the important thing that we have to start talking about these things. We have to start understanding the real thing that happens when this happens in order to understand it properly. So how can you fight something that you don't understand? Mm -hmm. So um, what kind of uh, things did you have to do to understand it then? Did you have to learn more about it? So from my own experience, I was, al I was allowed to be completely infiltrated with another energy and entity. And it's what's strange is she actually had my initials in the physical life. When we started to do the, the physical piecing, it was very, very strange just how much she was literally trying to take over my body. Um, that is what gave me the eluding of the resignation of knowing what was happening to other people. So for example, the only reason I knew that there was even low key possession happening in somebody's psychic field is because like you said, it was allowed to happen to me first. I could instantly pick up what we call demonic scent. Anytime demonics has marked you at all in a soul level, you also mark them too. It never goes away. It is a inner knowing and a connection to the soul that once you feel the presence of evil, your soul never, never forgets that. Um, they also know that, you know, though. So it sounds funny. Once you know, that's how, you know, and you only know because you had to know because you had to walk through it. Once I could feel that, what we call that slink, that slime you, that never goes away. It was an instant impression. And now I can literally pick it out 50 miles away but it was only because I knew what to look for because I experienced it myself. Um, and now translating that to what possession looks like, and there's different levels of possession. There's different levels of entity involvement, infiltration, and depending if it's a human entity um, or a non-human entity, also the infiltration looks different. So let's touch on that for a little bit then. Um, in movies and of course on TV, they always show different types of infestation, right? That's how they mm -hmm. say you can tell that there's something demonic in your home mm -hmm. or uh, an attachment in the home or whatever. Um, what are the basic elements somebody needs to watch out for besides personality change of a person um, to recognize that? So a big thing is, for example, you can be out doing something and out watching a movie, eating dinner, um, whatever, and somebody walks in. And it feels off. And your first second think, well, that, that's odd. There's something off that I just don't really know. I don't really like. But all of a sudden, the energy shifts. And this is what demonics does. There's such subtle warfare here that people don't even know they're being messed with because you're distracted with what's in front of you. So, for example, something's happening over here and you have no idea. You're paying attention to something in front of you. Meanwhile, Lucifer himself is showing up in this skin suit, okay? And the energy starts to materialize and the energy starts to materialize and all of a sudden your body starts to retch and becomes tight. The breath gets tense, sweat starts to happen. The nervous system is now moving into dysfunction. There is a presence of heaviness, a presence of darkness, but more than anything, pure, despair and pain, a place so dark that only if you have felt that presence, you know, and if you haven't, thank God you haven't, but there is energies and it is a despair. It is a confusion. That's a major one, a confusion, because when you are confused 
about who you are, what you are, and who and what you believe in, you are available to be infiltrated. Massive feelings of heaviness and grief, a sudden switch in energy, a sudden switch in environment, a sudden switch to being completely in your body, in your thoughts, to thoughts out of nowhere that are not yours, feelings that are not yours, a presence that is not yours. It's all energy. A massive thing, though, with demonics, especially though, like, so we can be example, for example, the person in front of us can be messing with demons and maybe they're messing with dark arts, black magic, maybe. Okay. And we physically can't see that. Right. So physically, our eyes are like, oh, this person is fine. It's fine. It's fine. And all of a sudden, though, you realize after they leave, you don't feel right. You feel off. And then all of a sudden, you can't stop thinking about that person and an obsessive thought happens. Well, the obsession moves from physical to sleep. Now they're messing with you in your dreams and you can't sleep. Now, when you're sleeping, and this is a big one, as soon as they start to mess with you in these different energetic levels, especially when they don't allow you to sleep, you've picked up energetic attachment or what we call a bite. So not only demonics play in a few ways, not only can they literally attach to a human host, but they can also bite you. And that's actually almost worse. Why is that? So when demonics bite a human soul, it's because they weren't allowed to make an attachment. They didn't have enough time for a transfer. So imagine trying to copy someone's cell phone from a faraway distance, right? We're trying to pull the information. We're trying to download real fast. We're hijacking you. But when the demonics doesn't have enough time to attach to a human soul, meaning they have very strong mental boundaries, they're cognitive. They know who they are. They're not available to do this, but they're still messing with you. They create what we call a spiritual bite meaning they've actually taken a piece of your psychic field, which is your light and your mental stability, your mental safety. They've bitten a piece of your field, taken it out and left a dark part that creates what we call a bite. It's a hole that festers in the field. It becomes dark and it starts to grow. That grows with obsession, anxiousness. Things start to feel weird. All of a sudden things start to go wrong your coffee spills, then your car doesn't start, then your dog gets sick. That's what spiritual warfare is. You encounter somebody and everything shifts and you're not quite aware it's happening. So how do you become more aware than that you have an attachment? Is that possible that you yes, yourself yes, become yes. aware or do others yes. more notice it than yourself? Yes. So number one way of being aware that something is off is by doing consistent practices with energy recall of your presence, bringing your presence back into your body, especially psychically and energetically. Why? Everything right now, Trevor, especially spiritual teachers, modern spiritual teachers are taking people out of their bodies into planes they have no business in, period. Allowing them to become sicker and infiltrated with entities that are causing havoc in their lives because they're actually running the human as a host. How do we combat this body practice? Get in the body, be in your body, live from your head down, get in the body. What does that mean? Have a strong sense of self, know who you are, what you are, who you stand for, what you believe in, what you are here and what you are here to do. Stand in that purpose, be in your body, connect with your body every day move it, love it, nourish it, be with it and feel the things that need to come up. Do not allow yourself and your soul and your essence to be moved out of your body because it is then 
you become an allowance to become spiritually hijacked. Connecting to your body, being in your body and knowing who you are is the strongest defense. Yeah, that makes sense because then the more you're in control of your own yeah. self, your own body, your own awareness, um, the less chance you have of attachment or the more protection you have against attachment, right? Mm -hmm. And the more, the less you are able to be hijacked. So for example, um, a lot of people aren't living in their body. A lot of people are living from here up or on their phones. So they're very much scrolling. They're on autopilot, right? Well, what happens, Trevor, when you're on autopilot, your consciousness actually moves out of your body because most people don't have a very strong psychic awareness of this is who I am. I'm in my body, la la la, all these things. So we're doing and we're scrolling, we're doing all these things unconsciously. Well, most people right now are living outside of their bodies, out there, out there where everything is moving and shaking and becoming hijacked and infiltrated. And they're not even aware, but it is that disassociation that is allowing people to become spiritually sick. And they're not even aware. So true. They're not, aware, they're not, they're not aware of anything around them at all because mm -hmm. they're staring at their phone. Like you say, they're walking yeah. around like zombies. Like mm -hmm. they literally walk into things because they're not paying attention because mm -hmm. they're so focused on something else or they're focused and, on and it can talking be the phone, to somebody else. It can be, yeah, it can be what it can be a person, a place or a thing or a phone. It doesn't matter what it is. But right now, so many people are in such a deep state of avoidance because the massive amount of collective trauma that we've endured. But because that's what people don't realize, though, there are systems put in place at every single level with spiritual warfare against us collectively. This is why they have made us so tired, because when we are tired, when we are exhausted, we are not in the body. What does that mean? We're available to become someone's host. The systems are being worked against us. And it is our job to realize just how deep that sport, that spiritual warfare of distraction goes. Yeah, unfortunately it is true. Like we are so open these days to it. And mm -hmm. if you're not sure what you're doing in this type of field, this type of work, it can really go the wrong way for you. And become very sick very quickly. Yeah. Very, very sick, very quickly. And not only hurt potentially yourself, um, but the people around you. So what do you do for people then that have had an attachment or a bite on them? What do you uh, do for your next step as a client for them? So it, it depends on the level. So there are different levels of attachments. So for example, if it's just an energetic attachment, um, that means it's just in the psychic field right now. It actually hasn't transferred to the body yet. So meaning that we're not getting full-blown possession symptoms. We're getting, we're getting just bits and pieces of possession. We're not all the way there yet. So when it's in the energetic body, meaning it's in the bite stage or the entity is in the energetic body still, meaning the consciousness of the human is still fighting for the physical body because the soul cord, this is key, the soul cord from the physical body to the spiritual body has not been severed. Okay. But when there's different levels of infiltration. So for example, if it's a low level infiltration and it's just in their psychic body, it's going to be a much easier removal. It's going to be much quicker. It's going to be faster. It's probably only going to be one time that I have to go in and energetically remove it. Um, most of my cases, even at higher levels um, now are actually removed energetically. And why is this? What we're doing is the psychic attachment is where so many traditional therapies 
are failing. And this is truly why suicide keeps happening. There has to be a removal of the psychic attachment from the demonic to the human. This can only happen at a soul level. Um, and I have uncovered this simply through the power of prayer. Um, and it sounds funny, not leveraging my power, but leveraging God's power um, of healing that human. It's never me that's doing it. It's God doing it over them. It's just me simply holding the space for that prayer. Um, I don't go into details because if I do, people try to do things by themselves. Um, and because I've been doing this for so long and I have a very large spiritual warfare background, um, I don't give too many details. And this is why people like to play, (laughs) um, but people like to play in the sense of you can, you can pray and and do something in a way that you think is inviting something in and quite the opposite ends up showing up, but you're not even aware. Um, so I'll oftentimes these are actually done in ritual with prayer and it's not new age prayers. Um, it sounds funny. They are literally prayers from the Bible. Um, that is what I use. I'm a very, very different psychic. Um, I use the power of God, um, to do that because I've actually experimented with new age practices. I was doing satanic removal. I was binding. I was trying to get rid of entities. I was trying to get rid of aliens. I was lighting candles. I was doing all these fucking meditations and all these things. I was doing all these things, Trevor. And the attachments were only getting worse because I was actually looped in spiritual warfare and I didn't even realize it. These new age practices are designed to keep us stuck and disassociated outside of our body. So what does that really look like? It's a ritual um, of prayer over that person's psychic body. If it gets to a point though, where it's physically starting to act, um, it's actually a multi-level removal, meaning what does that mean? We're actually going to have to go in more than once. Um, we're going to have to go in energetically first, more than likely I'm going to have to go in physically. And then sometimes if I can't do a remote removal and about nine times out of 10, I can, we, we have to also remote removal the land or the home or the people end up having to remove from the home. Unfortunately, my last client that did this, it took me six weeks um, to get them out of the house because every time we got momentum, um, they caused financial calamity. So Um, It was about six weeks of warfare to get them out. Um, And they were at a level where, you know, everybody in the house was being infiltrated by that. So it is, it's different levels of clearing um, along the way, but this is what I teach psychic work and possession work differently. We don't have to get to that level. We don't have to get to the physical level where people are, are stabbing each other and drawing pentagrams on the door that we don't have to get to that level. Possession doesn't have to get to that level when there is a spiritual hygiene and way of removing demonic attachment from the soul level. That's why I do spiritual hygiene checks, especially with my mental health clients. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if they have some kind of abilities or disadvantages or physical or whatever it be that attracts the negative like that. Um, I guess next question that I have is, um, have you had any cases that you'd like to share with us that you can talk about that have had these type of attachments in them and how did you deal with them? Um, so I've only had, I had one case that was a multi-case where one of the kids was, um, becoming physically attached because it was actually moving into its back. Um, so the entity started in its physical or in its, its, its psychic body, and then was moving into the physical. And it was very interesting though, as the physical aspect of him. Um, and I learned so much from this little boy, um, as the, as the entity and demon. So this, how they present in the body, they present as snakes or worms. Okay. They literally look like parasites. So different types of parasites or worms, um, or snakes, they literally look like this in the body. Um, and 
it was very interesting. Um, and it ended up being with another, with a family that had a full blown possession where we had to remove them from the house because it was so bad, but it started like this. And this is what I learned so much. The physical body was doing everything it could to stop this infiltration. I mean, everything it could, it was doing everything it could as a little kid to keep its energy in its body and nothing was working. And this is what I was, as I, as I was watching the psychic body become compounded, um, and, and the removal, they were waiting on the removal to do it because they were waiting to see if he could push it. The physical retraction of his back and the compounding of his physical structure was crazy because I remember the last text that, that the mom sent me and she goes, you're right. The entity is in his back. He's now complaining of extreme back pain. And when it got to the physical level, that was a signal from mom that we needed to move in. Um, that case ended up involving the entire family, multiple siblings, the mom. It ended up being one of um, Loveland, Colorado's most haunted places. It's still rented out today. Um, it has a very, very haunted past um, with one of the original landowners in Loveland, Colorado. Um, and the house has a lot of history. Um, but I will tell you, I have never experienced a level of darkness in that house um, it was so dark that it followed me home. Um, and I actually, actually lost two animals from it and ended up having insane spiritual, um, attack. Even my hand being impaled by a broken window. Um, I lost two animals that bled out black. Um, I lost an animal that, that died saving my daughter's life because a demon pushed her off a playset. We watched it happen. Um, and that was when that I also learned that you don't clear what God wants you to clear unless God wants you to clear it. At that point in time, I was leveraging my own power thinking I could play. It took me eight weeks to recover from that case because I was playing in the sense of, well, I know this and I know this and I'm the psychic and I'm this medium. No, I don't know shit. God knows this is where my gifts come from. This is what I'm doing. Um, so it was very interesting. That case brought me to my knees in the sense of really understanding, oh my God, so much of what we're teaching is making us sick. So how do you deal with that as a psychic medium? Is that something that you found that was natural to you? Did you find it like um, a natural process, a natural path that you went down for yourself when you started doing this type of work? Or was it something that you kind of had to work more, more your way through it? It's always been one of my number one clients has always been spiritual warfare. And I don't, I didn't understand why until I went back to the correlation of myself being allowed to be possessed to walk other people through it. And then though, to really understand that suicide really is a demon all on its own. And that's something that I didn't want it. I've never wanted it, but it's been very interesting though, Trevor, I watch the psychic world, especially the mediumship world, the spiritual world. And I don't see a lot of people teaching work in the way that I teach it. And it was funny because, you know, when I tell people to stop binding Satan and stop using candles and stop doing all these rituals, and this is the prayer that we need. And we're going to have to pray it over until your body breaks from this, this spiritual hold. Um, they get offended. They, they get offended. They get hurt. They get mad. And, and it's so funny. And they do it because it's so simple. The solution is so simple, but I've tried to fight it. I've tried to fight that demonic knowledge, that demonic understanding, that wisdom. But this is what I also realized. The more that I fight that and the more that I subdue that knowledge, the more the darkness wins. And instead of being afraid of it, 
I've embraced the aspect of me that is so firm in that knowledge and available to spread that knowledge and not afraid to spread that knowledge because of what it really looks like and what it can really do for people's lives and change that, change their lives. So the spiritual warfare and the demonic aspect, no, it never came natural. It was not something that I naturally wanted, but I will tell you mediums. And if they're not talking about this in the beginning, only deal with dark. God makes you walk through the darkness in a way that makes you understand and vet. And we talked about in that beginning that everybody's vetting in the correct way. So do you do that as well? Do you try to sort of teach people and sort of when you have- So I actually client, have do mentorship. Do, 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 yeah, so I have mentorship do, do. programs. Okay. Um, I have different mentorship programs that I offer. Um, I don't actually specifically offer a psychic mentorship. Um, and that's because as of right now, God is not calling me to do that. God is actually calling me to teach spiritual warfare um, and removal of most modern spiritual teachings because- most modern spiritual teachings. And I've actually, it's so funny you said that I've had just this week, Trevor, so many people are like, you should teach a psychic course. You should teach a psychic intuitive thing. And I prayed about it. And spirit's like, no, I don't want this. I don't want more of the same. Actually, I need you to be the sword that cuts in there and cuts all of this away. Um, so I teach mentorship, but I don't teach mentorship in psychic gifts in the way that people think I teach mentorship in activating your psychic gifts through activating the living God within you and only working with energies within yourself through trauma removal, inner child work, trauma work, body safety practices, and coaching between that and feminine and masculine energy. Those are what I work with. I don't work with anything outside of the energies that are already within your body um, because I do not want to compromise my clients um, or student mentally, energetically, um, or emotionally in any way. It's hard to know how to deal with a client right away when they first come to you. Do you find it difficult to understand what energies they have or does that come really no. easy? So I don't even take on most clients because I'm already energetically reading them. Um, and if they do not have the alignment of where I'm at frequency wise, I actually don't even take the client on. And my pricing is at where it's at right now. So right now, um, prices change, um, you know, you, usually every year, but right now readings are $333 us dollars an hour at that price point. I don't get a ton of people that don't have great energy. People are like committed. They're all in men and women. They're ready to go. They know what they want. Um, and it's funny because everyone is like offended that I charge so much as a psychic. Well, when you know what you're worth and you are available to protect your gift, knowing that it comes from God, you're not available to prostitute your gift for no money. And it keeps my client standard very high. I'm only available to work with men and women that are connected to themselves, connected to their bodies and connected to God. So no, it's not hard at all. I mean, I literally will turn people away and I don't turn them in a way of like, I don't want to work with you. We're just not an energetic match. But that's why I don't have online booking. I vet every person that wants to book with me through email, because just for the first email, I can energetically see if you even have demonic attachment through your email print. You know what? I have that as well. I've had that for a long time. I have what I call intuition or intuitiveness through email. I can just sense how somebody is feeling or how they felt when they sent that or when they typed that message to me. I'm like, mm -hmm. I don't really know how you felt behind the scenes when you typed that to me. So I'm just going to wait a while to reply to you. Yeah. So I bet my clients, um, I'm, I'm vetting my clients the second that that first message is sent, the second that that first email is going out. Um, I'm already energetically looking at where you are, if there's a demonic attachment. Um, because, you know, I have, I, I have so many other psychics that I've worked with that 
are burnt out because they're taking on clients that are stuck in demonics. They're stuck in very heavy energies and they're getting looped back into them. Um, and that's because their energy is at a very different level of availability. Mine is not. My readings are not at a high availability. My energy is not at a high availability. I keep it very I keep it very, very protected um, because I'm available to serve my clients at the highest and best. And if I'm constantly giving that gift away, they're not going to get the highest and best. And I, and I won't either. So no, it's not hard. I have a very strong, firm boundary of either you're at this level and we're here to play or you can go on your way. Well, that way too, you know what you're dealing with right away. You don't have to feel your way through a client that maybe isn't ready for dealing with what they have to Bingo. deal with, or you have to kind of coach that person through something they're exactly. not ready for. If they come to <laughs> you, you know, they're ready and they know they're ready as well. And and exact, And that's where like, you know, my price point is so sweet that, you know, my price point, my readings are my lowest price point to work with me at 333 an hour for right now. Um, it's that price point that says that. So those clients at that level, you know, then my coaching packages go from 1700 to 3000 plus with my private coaching. It just depends. But at those levels, those clients know they are ready to work. They're ready to play. And this is what's really cool at that level. Those people, if their deceased loved ones are coming forward because spirit and God has allowed it after the vetting process has taken place and they're allowed to come forward, they are available for it. They're willing to pay for the experience, not only for what they're going to get, but the experience with their loved ones and they're available for it. You want people that are willing to go all in. And at that price point, people are all in. <laughs> well, especially having to deal with that topic, you know, it's hard to deal with sometimes yes. if they're not ready for it and they have to be ready for it if they want to deal with it. So yep. um, one last question here before we get into the end of the show here. Um, so how have you dealt with the end goal of people's issues then how have things usually turned out for you when somebody comes to you with sort of a negative or demonic case that they need you to handle what's been the most usual outcome do you usually help them do you usually end up getting rid of the negative entity or so it depends on if they're available to pay um and that's not being me being rude um that's me being very protective again of my gift so i have so many people all the time yearly come to me and want demonic removal for free it is not for free. It is a costly service. It is a package most of the time. Um, and what is the end point? I only take on cases that God allows me to take on. Um, and this is why I say this at that point, it's not my power. It's not me leveraging. I know that God is going to move and God is going to be successful. And the cases that I have taken on, like I had a remote removal that was very successful. I had the one here in Loveland. We moved them out of the house she ended up buying a new house and she just got married this past year. Like in the last few months, she just got married. And at that point, wasn't even dating that guy. Like her whole life has changed and she's on my Facebook now. Like they were just in Florida doing his micro wrestling thing and living their life, but living their life. And this is so key beyond the demonic attachment that almost killed their whole family. So was it? that case difficult to deal with or was it something that, yeah that um, was a six-week removal and oh. we ended up having to have them out of the house they broke the lease they lost money um it took six weeks to get them out of the house that was the case the catholic church was actually brought in um the catholic church ended up failing um and i was actually psychic sight the whole time on that case while the church was working um and then the church ended up unfortunately failed on that case and the and we have messages from that priest today um, he got very sexual, um, very aggressive. Um, I mean, almost instantly possessed. Um, but it sounds funny. A lot of people of highly of trained, 
ordained people filled with a God or a high sense of God or often religious people um, are actually the ones that fall victim to possession the most because they are very, very firm in the light, but they are not firm in the hand that wrote the light also wrote the dark. And you have to honor both. Well, that's just that people that think they know things and they think they can handle anything, but they don't have experience with those sides. How can you mm-hmm. deal with those sides when you don't have the experience of both sides? Mm-hmm. And that's one issue I do have with the church as well is like, they do not promote both sides. They do not talk about both sides. They only talk about I'll tell you this side. too. What a lot of people don't know is something really cool about mm-hmm. the Catholic church. I was doing the case for, as a separate consultant, right? I was brought in as a separate consultant while the church was working. What the Catholic church will never tell you is they have psychic sight on staff. Um, They don't call them psychic sight. They don't call them visionaries, but they are oftentimes women that work directly with the clergy that can see directly into the spiritual field because she walked in the house before I did. And I had the owner come back out and I said, can you tell me what they said versus what I'm about to tell you? So I told her my information and she goes, she goes, she saw the nest too. She goes, and she said there were at least three the Catholic church uses psychics to verify what the priests cannot see. Yeah. I totally believe that as well, because like how many secrets does the Vatican hold? Like we don't know the end of that. So it's like the Vatican holds such, they, they hold, they hold such knowledge that it, it would blow our minds. It would blow our minds. I totally agree with that. I think they have so much hidden knowledge that they won't tell us anything ever. So we will never know, but um, thank you so much. Yeah, it is for sure. But uh, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate talking to you. It's been wonderful learning some stuff and um, you being here on the show this week. So is there anything that you've been working on lately that you want to uh, talk about before we let you go? Um, I actually do have some really juicy space in my calendar. I am inviting in private clients right now. So my private clients are my psychic clients and my private coaching clients that want deeper support. Um, my signature programs are open for enrollment starting in May. I have a small break. Um, I have a variety of programs. I have um, Spark is enrolling, which is my inner child trauma recovery program um, that focuses solely on inner, inner child recovery, trauma recovery, um, and a restoration of your sacred connection to the living God within your body through body releasing, trauma work, meditation, and breath work. It's a powerful seven-week mentorship. And then I also have my spirit-led living, which is four months of deep mentorship. It's feminine and masculine um, coaching. It's meditation. It's alchemy. It's breath work. It's journaling. But my mentorships are all centered on activating your psychic gifts through the awakening of reactivating your living connection to God. It is only working with the energies within you, but it's juicy support. It's long support. It will change your body because it changes your awareness. You get trauma support. You get psychic readings. You get life coaching. You get breath work. You get meditation. You get journal. You get so much support because I am hell bent on taking people to the other side of where they want to go. And that's usually with deeper support. So I have space for my, my signature programs are enrolling um, right now. Um, with a little bit of break in my in my schedule just as I get ready to travel. So as of right now, I, I am waiting to create something new. It sounds funny. I'm actually getting ready to go on retreat myself. Last year when I went to retreat at this time, I came back and birthed my four-month program. So. Oh, maybe you'll come back with something brand new for people. So yeah. hopefully. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Monique. It's been wonderful to hear your stories and your experiences, uh, especially with um, entity removal. And um really deep stuff there. So thank you for sharing some of your insight on that. 
Of course, honestly, Trevor, I appreciate the space for the truth. Mm -hmm. um, and I appreciate the beautiful platform that you've created here to allow um, individuals like me to come on and freely share. Uh, that's, what haunting, that's, that's what we're here for. That's what Haunting Live is. It's uh, sharing people's um, journey and their path and how they went about their path. So we're all in this the same way, but some of us may just have done things a little bit differently than the next person. So Agreed. Well, thank you so much. It's been wonderful. Uh, You're welcome. Uh, it was lovely. Have a great rest of your week. Thank you. You too, Trevor. The intuitive part happens when all of a sudden you realize that you're looking at pictures, right? You're looking at pictures on cardboard that somehow makes so much sense to you or your sitter that you can't really explain why, right? Because it's, you know, tarot is a strange thing to do. It's not very logical. Uh, when you start to try, you know, to break down why it works. It's one of those things that I was, you know, I would say it shouldn't work, but it does. It wasn't until after I started uh, meditating when I was probably in my, I guess, my 40s or so, um, because I was on Wall Street, I was getting you know, totally stressed out. I started meditating every single day just to relax. And after about 12 months of meditation, one day I had a spiritual awakening where all of a sudden I saw four spirits in my mind's eye, and I had this dramatic experience which was absolutely beautiful and after that uh, awakening it was really where all of a sudden the door kind of reopened so this guy you know i was giving him his mother showed me what i look what she looked like and she was giving me evidence of her life and how she passed and all these things and he's just acknowledging yes 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 i'm not sure whatever you're not sure of just write down you'll remember it later um and just before the spirit was about to be done and i was about to wrap up the reading she gave me the finger my face dropped and i'm like oh shoot i'm like why did she do that? Because that never happened to me before. And I'm going, why did she do that? Do I tell him? Do I do I say this to him? And I says, I, I can't withhold information. So I said, listen, sir, I don't know how to tell you this. And it's a little strange because this never happened to me. I says, but your mom gave me the finger. He was laughing so hard to the, to the point of tears. Uh, as spirit works with us, um, when the student is ready, the teacher comes and there was elderly gentleman that came to get massage work there was something about him that was so different the, the white hair the, the most crystal blue eyes I'd ever seen so he's on the table and he's telling me he has this shoulder problem and I said okay I can do blah 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 and he said to me no we're gonna do something different today so I placed my hand above and I felt the discrepancy where the injury was and he said I want you to take your hand and move this energy around and then afterwards I looked at him and I said well who are you where did you come from and he just smiled at me and he goes I'm just a traveler